0: NASCAR Race Review with Hot Topic Sound Off And joining me for tonight's show is our co-host for tonight, Andy Lasky
1: Thanks Welcome for having me show, on, Sharon Andy. I think this is uh, might be the first one I've done in its entirety this year So excited to be on for the full show tonight I know we got a lot to talk about Very uh, busy weekend of racing behind us for sure
0: Yes, indeed I'll go through the uh, schedule We do have a schedule change uh, I just was contacted by Zane Smith He's unable to be on the show for tonight But he is rescheduling And he has confirmed already He will be on at 9 o'clock on Thursday night So uh, look for Zane Smith to be with us on Thursday night Now at 8.40 uh, Well, to start off here uh, Jay, Sat, Andy 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 and I are going to (laughs) review the ARCA East and the ARCA West races this weekend. The East was, of course, at Dover, the West at Colorado National Speedway. Then Jesse Love comes on at 840 tonight, and we're going to talk to him about his win at Colorado National Speedway with Bill McAnally Racing. It was a barn burner. Uh, at uh, Colorado National, a tough competition between Jesse Love and Blaine Perkins in that race. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Then at 9 o'clock... We will get into the NASCAR Truck Series race at Dover and then the two double-headers for the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series during that 9 o'clock half hour. We're going to start our NASCAR Hot Topics, though, at 9.30 tonight. We'll have a full hour of NASCAR Hot Topics, and our Fan for Racing crew will join us at that time. And, of course, Andy stays on with us. So uh, we'll, <laughs> we've got a lot to look forward to here, Andy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Certainly really looking forward to our guest Jesse Love here in the next few minutes. I'm just looking at his statistics in the Arca Menard Series Western this year. It's just been uh, incredible, really considering he's a rookie. So, yeah, really looking forward to that and and looking forward to talking about uh, all the racing from this weekend. Certainly a, a ton of racing across all three series as well as the Arca Series as well. So certainly looking forward to it.
0: Okay. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and get into the Arkham and Art Series East. Uh, that race was uh, at Dover on Friday, and I'll tell you what, uh, it was quite an event, too. Sam Mayer uh, actually won that event, uh, but he beat the, uh, the veteran. David Gilliland was racing this weekend in the number 54, and uh, he came in second to Sam Mayer.
1: Yeah, actually, um, not not a huge surprise to me. Sam Mayer was in, incredibly um, competitive last season, and he's picking up where he left off from last year. So, uh, him and that twenty-one GMS team have certainly um, been really strong. They're continuing that trend here in twenty twenty. So, for them to get to victory lane, uh, certainly no surprise when you look at the success that he's had so far.
0: Uh, you're right, and he was last year's champion in the Canon Pro Series East. Uh, and he's just picked up exactly where he left off last year. He's won two out of three of the races so far this season. Finishing in third, though, was a rookie uh, driving the number 25 for Venturini Motorsports. Mason Diaz came home in third place, followed by Max McLaughlin in fourth, and Drew Dollar, another Venturini uh, car, finishing in the number 15. He finished in 15th place. Uh, Max McLaughlin, of course, was racing with uh, Hatori Racing Enterprises, and uh, he came home in fourth. So, some really uh, good finishes there.
1: Yeah, I think the big surprise, um, and we'll probably get to it results-wise, was Ty Gibbs having the issue that he had. He's been so strong this year. Um, you know, I think that was probably the, the the big the big name we didn't see up front, but some really good results for those those top ten finishers and uh, you know drivers that we see up front on a, on a consistent basis so certainly um you know for them it was uh, it was a good race and uh you know it's nice to see the e series back in action haven't seen them a lot this year so certainly good to see them on yes. track at dover this weekend
0: yes indeed there was a crash for Ty Gibbs he ended up finishing in 12th place So not exactly what he had planned for that day uh, that they were racing in the East, and uh, uh, I know that uh, he can't wait to get back to the track in order to uh, redeem himself after that crash. Uh, there were a couple of other people uh, Joe Graf Jr. was in the race this weekend in the number 74 He had some mechanical issues As did, as did Nick Sanchez uh, Tommy V. Jr. had an electrical problem Justin Carroll also a mechanical issue uh, But all of the rest of the 17 drivers uh, did, were, They were able to finish this race So let's go over the standings, Andy
1: Yeah, no problem. Just getting that pulled up here in one second. And uh, computers being a little temperamental, but I'll have that up here in just one moment.
0: I can maybe get it started. Uh, We've got Sam Mayer um, in the lead. Two races, three races, two wins, three top tens, and three top five, so he definitely has a, a really good start to the year. Ty Gibson's second, uh, just 13 points back. Are you there, Andy?
1: Yeah, it's just uh, just pulling up here uh, one second. My computer's being uh, a little temperamental, but I uh, should have that up here momentarily. Apologize for the delay, but I will have that up here in just a second.
0: Okay, I'll go ahead and do uh, the uh, Chase Cabaret finished in third place. I'm sorry, Chase Cabaret is third in the points. Uh, Parker Retzlaff uh, finished in fourth, and Nick Sanchez rounds out that top five. 31 points between fifth and first. So these guys still have some racing to do, but uh, it's been fun seeing what they've done so far this season with these first three races.
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's a really tight points lead, so or points battle, rather, between first and fifth. So certainly it's uh, anyone's race at this point in terms of crowning a champion. Um, just to make some comments on those first two, looking at the standings here now that I have them up. You know, Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs, I think, have established themselves potentially as the favorites, but you can't count out Chase Cabrera. He's always been a factor in the Arkham Menards Series East. Um, and then, obviously, nice to see some new names up there as well. Um, continuing on in the point standings here, we've got Max McLaughlin in sixth with uh, Mason Diaz seventh, Justin Carroll in eighth, Corey Heim in uh, ninth, and also Giovanni Romante. I hope I didn't mess the name up there, <laughs> but nonetheless, he, they round out <laughs> the 10th uh, position. So um, obviously uh, a pretty solid top 10 there. And, uh, you know, as I already mentioned, the pretty tight points battle in the top five. So certainly that's one to watch as the season progresses.
0: Absolutely, and now Corey Hyman and uh, Giovanni Bramante uh, have only raced two of the three races, so uh, it's really interesting that they're in that top ten uh, with only two of the three races uh, under their belt. Now joining us here uh, is uh, the winner of the, of the ARCA West race, that took place out at Colorado National Speedway, and that is Jesse Love. We've had him on the show before, and uh, Jesse, I'm real excited that we're having you back again. Congratulations on your third victory this season.
2: Thank you so much. It was a good one.
0: It was a good one. I was saying earlier it uh, it was a really tight race between you and second place, uh, Blaine Perkins, with Sunrise Ford Racing. That's kind of a microcosm of what's been happening all season long uh, between Bill McAnally Racing and Sunrise Ford Racing. Uh, talk a little bit about those closing laps uh, and, and uh what was going through your mind? Why were you so determined to get up there to the front?
2: Yeah, I mean, as far as the determination goes, you know, I feel like it goes back to the beginning of the race. I mean, we kind of just, you know, we we kind of ran away with it. I had a really good car, and we unloaded um, out of the box really fast, and uh, we, were, we were able to go quick time um, by, I think, like two tenths um, of a second. So, I mean, we were super fast in, in, in practice and qualifying, in the beginning of the day and then we ended up uh pulling away in the beginning of the race too um just felt really mm-hmm. fast and and kind of just you know we figured we knew how, how the race was going to shake out and um had a really good car uh was able just to ride for most of the race not have to push the car that hard to stay fast and just you know save our tires and brakes and and all that fans and stuff for for pretty much most of the race there and um, those last few restarts, I mean, like you said, with the determination. I mean, we we, we I got ran pretty dirty. I mean, if you look at the at the replays and stuff, um, it was just those last few restarts. Um, just got you know run into a bunch by the nine car, and and overall it just wasn't the cleanest racing. I, and I understand it. You know, you kind of got to make stuff happen, but um, you know, then that goes back to you know just kind of what comes around goes around. So um, obviously, I got you know halfway dumped and had to come back from that. So it was a little bit of a of a weird race, you know, I wasn't quite expecting that um out of him. So you know, it's it was kinda like last year. I mean, the restarts in the last few le- restarts always seemed to go nuts. So um and now I kinda understand, you know, what to expect and stuff like that. So um but either way around we still won the race and, and now we know uh and we can still win the race even when when we ran like that. So um, it's still a confidence booster, and we're still really fast. You know, had a really great car, and it's super super good to know uh, when you unload that fast. And we figured out some stuff with our bumpy tracks and, and how to make those tracks better for us. And um, I got a great team behind me right now in our, in our Napa, uh, NAPA crew right now. So I uh, can't thank BMR NASCAR and NASCAR and BMR Bill McNeil Racing enough for giving me a rocket, chill, rocket ship all weekend and uh, helping me just get to the front and staying up there. Uh, it was a cool racetrack, and it was cool to see all the Napa fans out there.
0: Well, and that's just the thing, Jesse, is that uh, one, of, one of the things about this season is that you're racing for the first time at a lot of these tracks. Uh, I don't believe you've raced at Colorado National before, have you?
2: No, I've not. That was my first time.
0: Okay, so... Uh, it it's it's really impressive. Just fifteen years old, you don't even have your driver's license yet and you're able to go out here and win these races in a, in an impressive fashion. Um uh and and you talked about a lot of bumping and banging between the two cars and and you were still able to survive and finish at the end. Um How rewarding was that? I'm sure that was uh, very rewarding for you and your team, and you mentioned you've got a a strong support system there. Uh, Give a shout-out to some of your team members here. Jesse? Hey, you got me? Yeah, now I got you.
2: Hello? Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, I got you now. Um, Okay, yeah, I mean, I can't thank Jason Dickinson enough for – Give me a great car all weekend, Travis Sharp for up there in the box, uh, calling the race for us, and then just all the, the whole team that came out—Paul, Alex, Brian, everybody in the shop that works uh, their butts off all weekend—it was a super cool uh, weekend. We had a bunch of NAPA executives, customers, employees out there uh, that Bill McNally brought out, and it was a super cool event. I can't thank all of them enough for coming out. And hopefully we can uh, get back to racing with some fans pretty uh, pretty soon.
0: Okay, I'm sure you will. Uh, now, with me tonight is our co-host for tonight, and that is uh, uh, Andy Lasky. So I know Andy has some questions that he'd like to ask as well. So Andy, are you there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first off, Jesse, thanks for for being on tonight, and congratulations on the big win at Colorado this weekend. Obviously looking at the numbers here it's been a very impressive season for you um, as the points leader my first question to you is how do you approach the remainder of the season trying to maintain that points lead and go for that championship
2: yeah it's a great question I mean and to be honest with you I mean nobody at least I don't really know nobody really knows the answer um, with like the true answer and how you're supposed to deal with the point season um, obviously you don't really want to focus on points you want to focus on winning races but Uh, It was, you know, one of those weekends where uh, everything kind of fell together and we had a really good points weekend and we figured out some stuff um, with our car and with our bumpy track packages uh, for those rough racetracks that we've been on for the last few weeks. So um, I'm looking forward to getting back to, you know, some smoother tracks, which is where we're super, super fast. And uh, and overall, just got to keep winning races and, and keep being smart and keep doing what we're doing. I think we've done a really great job this year. I've got a great Napa team behind me. Um, that's just done a great job. So as long as we you doing our job, which I know we will, uh, we'll keep on we'll keep on track to win uh, more races, which will include a championship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just looking at your numbers this year, it's been incredible. Seven races, uh, seven top ten, seven top fives, three wins. You know, an average finish of 2.0. I mean, it, those are incredible numbers. And I guess my next question would be, how did you develop? a winning chemistry with your team that fast? Because usually it takes some time to gel, but obviously you've uh, hit the ground running with this team this year. Yeah,
2: I mean, like I said, I've just got such a great support system behind me and, and so many great people. And Bill McEnally, such a great team leader. He's put together some really great people for me. Um, overall, the team's just been really great the whole the whole year. Everybody's wanted to win races, and we started off, uh, you know, running second at the Bullring uh, for the West Series and then going into uh, Utah, right? We we were, you know, we run we won that race. So overall, it was just a lot of uh, good good vibes and good races that we put together in the beginning of the season that just fueled our team to win more races. So uh, we we got we have a really great winning mentality right now. Um, that I'm super happy to, uh, I'm just super happy to be a part of a great team like that. It's super cool when you've, uh, you know, like I said, like a winning mentality type of team. And uh, overall, the whole BMR and Napa crew is just. Super winning oriented, and they've and they have a great team chemistry right now, and it's just uh, super fun to be a part of something that positive and that much fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure we'll see you in Victory Lane again this year. Uh, my last question for you would be: Who do you consider to be your biggest mentor in your career so far? That's helped you get to this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's that's a hard question. I mean, there's a bunch of people that have you know helped me out so much uh, throughout my career. You know, whether it be guys like uh, like Jeff Gordon or Alex Bowman. Um there you are know, just a bunch of different people, Justin and Grant, that have just helped me and, and helped me out throughout uh, all of these years. And But obviously, at the end of the day, it always goes back to my dad. He just helped me out so much um, in my career to, you know, keep me on the right path and, and keep me moving and keep me going and, and making sure that I'm with the right people. Because um, if it wasn't for my dad, I, you know, I obviously wouldn't be here. I uh, wouldn't be able to be racing right now. So, um, obviously, I think feel like he's been my biggest mentor not just in racing, but in life in general. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hope that answers your question.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Pleasure to talk with you. And uh, once again, congratulations on that big win this weekend. And I'm going to hand it back to Sharon. I think she's got some more questions for you. Thank you.
0: Yes, you were mentioning that uh, it's hard to know how to prepare because uh, the Finale is scheduled to be at Phoenix Raceway in November. Do you know if there's any other races at this point between now and November?
2: Um, you know, I'm really not sure. I'm pretty sure that uh, Vegas is pretty good to go, but I, we're not, nobody's really that sure um, only because, you know, the whole COVID situation. It's hard to tell because things can move around so fast, so I'm not quite sure yet.
0: Okay, so the best way to kind of stay tuned to that is to... Uh, uh, go to the ARCA Racing website, and uh, they'll kind of keep everybody up to date with what the schedule is there. Uh, but, yeah, that makes it hard to kind of prepare, I guess, if you don't really know when you're racing next. Uh, but Phoenix seems to be pretty secure at this point, right?
2: Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. You know, as long as nothing changes, um, that should be good to go, I assume.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, that's, that's really cool. Uh, now Jesse, uh, uh, of the tracks that you've raced so far, which one's, uh, been the toughest track for you?
2: Um, overall, I feel like all the tracks they've had their different, you know, challenges to them. Obviously with the bowl ring, it was, it was hard to pass. So kind of had to get them done on the restarts whenever you could, uh, tracks like Evergreen were, were tough. You know, you really had to make sure that your cart was good through the bumps and, and be able to. Maneuver through lap traffic pretty easily. So, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, I feel like uh, probably Utah was pretty tough. Obviously, it was you know one of my first. It was my first ever road course race in a stock car. So, uh, I feel like uh, that Utah would definitely take the cake on that. I feel like a lot of people would agree. Just with it being a road course, it's not something that we normally do, and uh, just kind of mm-hmm. add a whole new element of uh, of racing and how you have to drive those cars on a road course is so different and how you have to drive them on an oval track. So I would definitely say Utah on that one.
0: Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it's it's impressive, again. uh, Even though you never raced on a road course, you were able to come home a winner uh, from that June 27th race. And uh, what's pretty much been happening is uh, Blaine Perkins on the pole, Jesse Love is the winner, then Blaine uh, won that second uh, race, Sam Mayer, of course, won the opener at uh, at uh, Las Vegas, and then you came back at the uh, Irwindale and won both the poll and the race. Evergreen, it was Blaine Perkins for both, and then Douglas County, it was Geo and Blaine, and then you again, both the poll and the race, you were able to win. So, uh, very impressive stats. Uh, for you, Jesse, and when I look at what your average start is and your average finish uh, in three in in um, in the races that you've had so far, uh, it, it's pretty darn impressive. You've got an average start of uh, 2.7 with an average finish of 2.0 in seven races. So uh, that's why you're the you're in the lead right now. Uh, with Blaine Perkins at 2.4 and uh, 3.3 for average uh, finish. So seven points separating the two drivers. And uh, uh, it's just been really amazing what you've been able to do, Jesse.
2: Thank you so much. It means a lot. It's been a, a big team effort by my whole Bill i ra- Racing number 19 team. So I can't thank all of them enough, too.
0: Now, you have, talk about your teammates at Bill McAnally. Uh, Gracie Trotter uh, is in third place in the series points. Uh, talk about how well you guys work. Uh, are you able to work together and talk to one another before the races?
2: Yeah, definitely. I feel like there's obviously, with all the teammates, a really good chemistry right now. Um, our team owner, Bill McAnally, has done a great job at uh, keeping everybody on the same page and, and helping everybody or having everybody work together in such a great way. So, Overall, I mean, I feel like the team chemistry is really good. Everybody, you know, works together uh, whenever they need everybody to, right? So if anybody needs help, they'll always, Mm -hmm. you know, come and ask somebody, which is what I mean by that. So uh, overall, I'm super happy with the whole team, and I feel like everybody is getting along really well.
0: Well, it's kind of cool because you've got two females with Gracie Trotter in third place, Holly Hollins in seventh place, and then there's Gio Scalzi in fifth and you're in first. Uh, so all four of the Bill McEnally Racing cars are up there in the top ten. Uh, how is it having females as your teammates?
2: Oh, I mean it's super cool. It's, you know, it's not much different. Uh, they all add you know different aspects to the team.
0: And and they would love that answer, Jesse. I've got to tell you, they want to be seen as racers and not females. So uh, that was that was a great answer there. Yeah. Okay. Well, before you go, uh, are there any other shout-outs that you want to make? And, and, uh, again, we'll just encourage fans to uh, stay tuned for when that next race is going to be. And also this race is going to be on NBC Sports Network uh, coming up Monday, August the 31st at 4 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Network for anybody who wants to watch that race.
2: Yeah, awesome! Thank you, thank you again for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure to be on the show, and uh, yeah, thank you again for all the fans for tuning in. Hopefully, we'll see you guys at Gateway coming up. And if you can't be there live, make sure to watch it on the TV.
0: Okay. Oh, you're going to be in the Gateway race?
2: Yeah, I'll be there this weekend.
0: Oh, that's awesome to hear, Jesse. I'm I'm glad to hear that. All right. Well, thank you very much, and uh, again, congratulations on your victory, and uh, I've got a feeling that there's going to be more before it's all said and done, right?
2: Thank you so much. That's what uh, what we believe will happen, so thank you again.
0: Okay. Take care, Jesse. Thanks for being here. You too.
2: Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye Bye-bye. All right. That is Jesse Love. He is the series points leader and the winner at uh, Colorado National Speedway this past weekend. And what's amazing, Jay, or I'm sorry, Andy, (laughs) what's so amazing is that he's a rookie this season.
1: Yeah, that's what really stood out to me, Um, you know, just looking at his numbers. This is his first year racing um, in in any Mm -hmm. Arthur Menard Series division. And, you know, to have run seven races, seven top ten, seven top fives, three wins. I mean, it's uh, it's a torrid pace, to say the least. So, um, obviously, off to a fantastic start. I would expect these trends to continue, and there's no reason to think that he's not the favorite to win this championship. Not to say others won't get in there. Obviously, we'll get to the point standings here momentarily, but, uh, you know, he, he is certainly um, off to a, an incredible start. I mean, t- today was the first time I've really looked at his stats this year, and it's impressive.
0: It is impressive. Uh, just to kind of go over the, uh, uh, how that race uh, finished, let me see if I can get that here because I think I uh, moved ahead here. Okay, let me go over the, the how the race finished out because Jesse Love, we've already mentioned, a rookie ended up winning that race in the number 19 for Bill McAnally Racing. Blaine Perkins in second in the number 9 for Sunrise Ford. And in third place, another Bill McAnally Racing car, the number 16, Geo Scalzi. And in the 99, Gracie Trotter for Bill McAnally Racing, finishing in fourth. In fifth place was Jack Wood for his own race team, uh, driving the number 78. So that's pretty cool. Rounding out the top 10, were Trevor Huddleston, Sunrise Ford, uh, Holly Holland from Bill McAnally Racing, Todd Souza, who's had a pretty good season all year long uh, in his number 13 car, finishing in eighth, Takuma Koga in the number 77 in ninth, and Bridget Burgess finishing 10th, and we might as well mention Bobby Hillis Jr. in the 11th place here. Uh, he did have an oil leak uh, that affected his uh, finishing position. So let's hear about the point standings, Andy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, our guest, of course, Jesse Love, is the points leader with a seven point margin over Blaine Perkins. So, obviously, that championship battle is far from settled as the season progresses. Uh, Gracie Trotter solidly in third, Trevor Huddleston in fourth, um, Gio Celsi in fifth, Todd Souza sixth. Holly Holland in seventh, Tacoma Koga in eighth, Bobby Hillis Jr. in ninth, Jack Wood rounds out the top ten. Um, but looking at the points margin there, uh, even just going back from first to fifth, it's um, it's fairly tight. There's really not a huge margin there. So certainly a lot of racing left and a lot of uh, chances for some of these drivers to to go after that points lead.
0: Yes, without a doubt. And, and uh, you know, I'm so glad to hear that he is racing in the Arkham Menard Series this weekend at Gateway because uh, that's going to be televised on MAV-TV. Uh, the time is 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, you'll be able to watch it on MAV-TV if you're a NASCAR gold Uh, I mean, an NBC Gold member, and you have track pass, you can watch the live streaming of that race on track pass as well. So uh, definitely mark this one on your calendar uh, with Jesse Love being involved in that race. That's going to be huge.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Certainly looking forward to it this weekend.
0: All right. Uh, It's... coming up on the top of the hour here but we'll go ahead and get into uh the truck series race uh zane smith was the winner at the age of 21 driving the number 21 on the house cocktail mix chevrolet uh for gms racing his crew chief is kevin Mannion. it was his second victory in 15 Truck Series races, his second victory and eighth top ten finish this year and his first victory and first top ten finish in two races at Dover International Speedway. Matt Crafton was second posting his thirteenth top ten finish in 21 races at Dover and his eighth top ten finish this year. Brett Moffitt finished third posting his second top ten finish in four races at Dover and Austin Hill continues to lead the point standings Uh, over zane smith we'll go into that a little bit more here in just a few minutes uh but i want to give you uh the top 10 finishing order uh for these drivers todd gilliland finished in fourth place ben rhodes rounds out the top five the next five drivers were johnny sauter tyler ankrum austin hill Stuart Friesen and Derek Cross, the rookie, finished in 10th place. That was the highest finishing rookie of the race. Uh, any thoughts there on uh, how this uh, race finished out, Jay? Or I'm sorry, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, when we go
1: to Hot Topics, call him Andy and call me Jay. We'll be good to go. <laughs> no, this was... Um, uh, What can you say about Zane Smith? Obviously excited to to have him on Thursday night show because he uh, has been incredibly impressive this year, earned his uh, second win in three races, um, you know, and uh, certainly appeared to have the truck to beat Friday. So uh, a pretty good win for him. And certainly it's been fun to see his success this year. Matt Crafton obviously um, continues to show um, the veteran that he is in second Brett Moffat, you know, as usual, ran up front most of the race, finished third. Todd Gilliland has is, is really started to get um – get better as the season's progressed certainly that team struggled a bit as a new team out of the gate this year but they have um, really been running a lot better here in recent weeks Ben Rhodes as usual up there in the top five Johnny Sauter a solid run um, a much needed top 10 I think for Tyler Ankrum. that's a team that's also had its uh, ups and downs this year and put together a solid run there in sevens Austin Hill a little bit of a surprise to me I, I expected that team to contend for the win um, but nonetheless a solid top-ten effort, a much-needed top-ten for Stuart Friesen. That team has has certainly been in need of a good run like that this year. And then uh, Derek Krause, um, you know, the rookie, as you mentioned there, another solid top-ten run for that team as they um, battle to, to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, some good runs for these drivers um, as they, um, you know, continue forward with their season in hopes of uh, making the playoffs to go for a championship
0: absolutely now, the number sixteen uh did uh win that uh first stage of the race uh and that of course is uh Uh, austin hill and then the second stage was won by zane smith so he won two of the three stages there were five caution flags uh for 27 laps 13 lead changes among just 10 drivers and the margin of victory uh was fairly close point zero point nine eight nine seconds between first and second place So uh, it was a uh, very tight finish there between Zane Smith, the rookie, and Matt Crafton, the veteran, uh, in this truck series race. Let's uh, go over the points report.
1: Yeah, taking a look here, um, Austin Hill is our points leader with a 41-point lead over Zane Smith, the most recent winner there in second. GMS Racing teammate Brett Moffitt's in third. Christian Eckes is Kyle Busch Motorsports in fourth, Ben Rhodes in fifth, Sheldon Creed sixth, Matt Craft in seventh, Grant Enfinger there in eighth, Tyler Rankin in ninth, and uh, Todd Gillil in tenth. And, of course, he only has a four-point lead over Derek Krause in 11th, and that's the key, Sharon, because that's where the playoff cutoff line is. And certainly um, there's going to be quite the battle there really between Ankrum, Gilliland, and Kraus for those last two spots, I think, provided one of them doesn't get to victory lane, which is always possible. So um, that cutoff line right now is uh, is pretty intense, and I think uh, it's going to be quite the battle moving forward.
0: Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think Tyler Ankrum was outside the cutoff line uh, going into this race and was able to race his way up to ninth place. Uh, So you're right. Those are the guys that are going to be kind of jockeying uh, for that top ten group that will contend in the playoff uh, for the championship. So if we look at also uh, another thing that impresses me, uh, Andy, is that you've got – Two rookies in the top ten with uh, Derek Krause and Tanner Gray right there in in positions 11 and 12. Uh, So the rookies uh, have been pretty impressive this season. Of course, Zane Smith and Christian Eppies are the cream of the crop there. Uh, The other impressive thing here is if you look at the playoff points, uh, the top playoff point total is uh, from Zane Smith with 14. The other driver with 14 playoff points is Sheldon Creed. So those happen to be the two drivers that have two victories uh, this season in that truck series. The only other driver with two victories, and he has 11 playoff points, is Grant Infinger. So um, the difference there between uh, uh, Sheldon Creed zane smith versus grant infinger are the stage wins uh that i I know zane has four uh stage wins sheldon creed has four uh grant infinger has only one so that's how important these stage wins are in accumulating the playoff points that really help out a lot once that playoff begins
1: it's a big deal because obviously the more playoff points you have, the the more cushion you have as you go into the playoffs. And as we've seen in years past, you know, if you have a a good amount of playoff points, you can generally, um, go very deep into the playoffs. So looking at those three teams of Zane Smith, um, Sheldon Creed, and Grant Enfinger, they are well positioned to make a deep playoff run at this point, simply because of the accumulated playoff points. So, um, Certainly, they'll look to build upon those leads, and others will look to, to gain playoff points. But certainly, um, taking a look here right now, they've, they've got themselves well positioned for the playoffs.
0: Yes, indeed. We're a little bit ahead of schedule here, but I think we're going to need the time, Andy, so I'm going to get right into the first Xfinity Series race uh, that was run by Justin Augauer on Saturday at the age of 34, his number seven f f a chevrolet team uh with uh J- Junior Motorsports his crew chief of course is Jason Burdett. It was his 12th victory in 327 Xfinity Series races his first victory in the 11th top 10 finish this year second victory in 12th top 10 finish in 20 races at Dover International Speedway Austin Sindrick finished second he posted his 5th top 10 finish in 6 races at Dover and it's his 16th Top 10 finish in 2020. Ross Chastain finishing third, posting his first top 10 finish in 12 races at Dover. And Harrison Burton, finishing fifth, was the highest finishing rookie. So uh, we'll get into the points in a little bit, but let me run down the rest of the uh, drivers here in the top 10. We've got Nor Gregson finishing in fourth place. And Harrison Burton, as we just, menish, just mentioned, rounds out the top five drivers. The next five drivers, another rookie, Riley Erbst in sixth, Jeb Burton, two Burtons in the top ten here, uh, driving the number 27 car, uh, finishing seventh. Justin Haley in eighth, Michael Annette ninth, and Chase Briscoe rounds out the top ten drivers uh, for this first of the double headers at Dover this weekend.
1: Yeah, it was really Here. good to see Justin Allgaier get back to victory lane. That's a team that's been fast all year, but just hasn't um, had the luck to to close out these races. So they were incredibly fast in both races, but especially on Saturday. And for them to to get themselves back into victory lane certainly at a good time as the playoffs approach. So. Good to see them do that. Austin Sendrick certainly continues his hot streak that he's on, although he didn't win. He did finish second, so a strong run for them. Uh, Ross Chastain, I felt like, put together uh, one of his better performances of the season in third, certainly. And then you look at Noah Gregson, Harrison Burton, Riley Urge. That's uh, pretty much where they've been running all year, and, you know, top five, middle part of the top ten. So more good finishes for those teams. Jeb Burton only running a limited schedule there with that JR Motorsports number 8 Chevrolet, certainly um, a strong run for them. Justin Haley back there at 8th, Michael, in at ninth, And uh, to me, the most impressive part of this top 10 was, was Briscoe simply because they had an incident early in the race where they yeah. spun off turn 2, um, had some fairly decent front-end damage. The team tried to fix it as best as they could, but they had a, a bent front clip, uh, toe issues, the splitter was bent so that car was not right and the fact that they were able to nurse at home for a a top 10 i think will come into play um as far as you know that grit you need to go win a championship so um i was very impressed by that so certainly um some good top tens for all these drivers and um certainly uh you know a good weekend for these guys for sure
0: Absolutely, and you're right. Chase Briscoe got the most out of that car, and that's why he's uh, as talented as he is. And uh, you're right, that's a sign of a championship right there when they can have a bad day and still come home with a top-ten finish. Now, the margin of victory in this race was 1.977 seconds. Uh, Austin Sindrick did win the first stage, and Justin Algauer won the last stage as well as the second stage. Uh, there were six caution flags for 27 laps, six lead changes among just four drivers, uh, in this race, and uh, uh, it, it was a, a fun race to watch. You and I were kind of in the chat room uh, throughout that race, and although it was disappointing to see what happened with Chase Briscoe, uh, there were uh, there was a lot of really good racing all day long.
1: Absolutely, you know, and, and you know, to my point earlier too, it's always nice to see new faces in victory lane and not that Justin's a new face to victory lane, but he is for 2020. And, you know, that's a team that's been in the hunt this year, but, you know, for various reasons has had, you know, something take them out of the running to contend for, for getting that checkered flag. So it's always nice to see, uh, new faces get wins, and, and Justin's so good at Dover. He's very good on those bank concrete tracks, so no surprise that he was as fast as he was, and also no surprise to see him in Richie Lane. So big win for that team uh, to officially lock themselves into the 2020 playoffs.
0: Okay, we'll save the point standings for uh, the end of the second race. Uh, We'll get into what the point standings are after both of these uh, races for the Xfinity Series. Uh, Next up is uh, the next Riding 200 race that took place on Sunday. Uh, And talk about a uh, comeback. Chase Briscoe was the winner at the age of 25 in the number 98, HighPoint.com Ford. Uh, He drives for Stuart Haas Racing, and his crew chief is Richard Boswell II. It was his eighth victory in just 71 Xfinity Series starts, his sixth victory in 16th top-ten finish this year, and his first victory and fourth top-ten finish in five races at Dover International Speedway. Ross Chastain finished second, posting his second top-ten finish in 12 races at Dover, and his 18th top-ten finish this year. Austin Sindrick in third, Hosted his sixth top ten finish in six races at Dover International Speedway. Riley Earp's finishing ninth was the highest finishing rookie of the race. And Austin Sindrick, we'll get into that in a minute with the series points. Okay, let's finish out the rest of the uh, top ten drivers here. Brandon Jones finished in fourth place in the number 19 Toyota. And Daniel Hemrick had an impressive top five here in that number eight for our for uh, Junior Motorsports. Noah Gregson, Justin Algauer, Michael Lynette, Riley Erps, and Brett Moffat round out the top ten finishers in this race. Uh, your thoughts, Andy?
1: Yeah, what can you say about Briscoe? I mean, uh, the team rolls out a backup car, and they go out there and put together you know, their best performance of the season, obviously sixth win of the year. But, um, you know, it's crazy to say that this was, you know, a statement win for them. But, you know, they won five races earlier in the spring and in, in early part of the summer and appeared, you know, to be the car to beat. And then Austin Sindrick had something to say about that. And, and he went on his streak. And you kind of felt like, you know, the 98 while still extremely competitive every week and, and still had a chance to win that you know Austin really kind of established himself as potentially that car to beat on a weekly basis so um you know obviously I I think for them having not won in a month and a half it was important for them to go out there and and put together the kind of performance that they had earlier in the season, and uh, they certainly did just that. So a big win for them. Um, looking at Ross Chastain here, to me, this was the most impressive that team has been all year. Uh, two really strong finishes in both races, mm-hmm. and they had the speed to contend with with Briscoe and Cindric. And, and that tells me that if that team continues to do just that, they're going to be in victory lane soon as well um solid runs for Brandon Jones and Hemrick as you mentioned Hemrick of course only runs a limited schedule so for him to to jump in there and get a top five is great and um you know predictable finishes for for Gregson he's a he's a solid top 10 contender week in and week out Justin to me Justin Allgaier was a bit of a disappointment considering the big win on Saturday but nonetheless a a solid effort for those guys Michael and of course Riley Herbst and um, good run for Brent Moffat in that our motorsports number zero two. 2 they actually uh, led the mm-hmm. opening 25 laps and, and and had a good top 10 day you know and for a team like that that's a big deal so uh, good to see them in the top 10
0: absolutely uh, it was the number 10 of uh, Ross Tastain that won the very first stage Chase Briscoe won the second stage as well as the, the race uh, the margin of victory was <laughs> amazing 2.466 3 seconds uh the margin of victory in this event there were five caution flags for 24 laps 12 lead changes among eight drivers and uh uh let's go ahead and talk about the series point standings now Jay Andy <laughs> I'll get it right yeah Andy <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah, Austin Sindrick is uh, your points leader with a 62 point margin over. Chase Briscoe in second. Uh, Noah Gregson in third. Ross Chastain fourth. Justin Allgaier in fifth. Harrison Burton sixth. Justin Haley in seventh. Michael Annette eighth. Brandon Jones ninth. Riley Herbst in tenth. And I'm going to also talk about the cut line here. Ryan Sieg and Brandon Brown currently mm-hmm. in the playoffs in 11th and 12th with Jeremy Clements just outside only 31 points back in 13th. So uh, still uh, an interesting battle there uh, for that cutoff spot in terms of uh, making the 2020 playoffs. And um, just kind of want to look at the playoff points too, as we did in the truck series. Um, to me, it seems like we've got a big two this year in Cindric and Briscoe, 34 and 35 playoff points respectively. Um, obviously Gregson, Augire, Burton, and uh, Jones also have double-digit playoff points, but certainly those top two have positioned themselves to go pretty much to the final four, barring any unforeseen circumstances. So certainly they've done what they need to do to, to go for a championship this year.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, Chase Briscoe with six victories, Austin Sindrick with five victories. Uh, Those guys are certainly the cream of the crop this year in this Xfinity Series. Uh, Drivers with two victories include Noah Gregson, Harrison Burton, as well as Brandon Jones. And then the one-victory guys are uh, Justin Allgauer and Justin Haley, the two Justins. Uh, and then, of course, A.J. Almendinger also has a win, but he is not, uh, I don't think he's competing in the playoffs this season. So um, he's racing uh, part time, I think, at uh, college Racing. So uh, that's going to make a difference in how this all plays out when the playoffs begin as well. And uh, this has been an exciting season for the Xfinity Series.
1: It really has. Uh, the racing has been fantastic. Some hard battles for, for stage wins and, and race wins, and it's been it's been really fun to watch. I know for me personally, the Xfinity races have been some of the highlights this year to watch. And certainly, um, you know, these young guys get out there and uh, certainly go hard and race aggressively and put it all on the line. So it uh, makes it fun to tune in every week. That's for sure.
0: It definitely does. Okay, moving on to the Cup Series, at Dover International Speedway, the race winner for the first Dry Jean 311 was Denny Hamlin at the age of 39 in the number 11 FedEx Office Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing, and his crew chief is Christopher Gabehart. It was his 43rd victory in 531 Cup Series races his 6th victory and 16th top 10 finish this year, his 1st victory and 13th top 10 finish in 30 races at Dover. Martin Truex Jr. finished 2nd. It was his 17th top 10 finish in 30 races at Dover and his 15th top 10 finish this year. Kyle Busch, uh, 3rd place finish for him, his 20th top 10 finish in 32 races at Dover, which is pretty darn impressive, and Cole Custer, who finished 11th, was the highest finishing rookie of the race. So uh, to round out the top ten drivers here, uh, you have uh, Kevin Harvick finishing fourth on Saturday, uh, Chase Elliott in the fifth position, rounding out that top five group. The next five drivers, Clint Boyer in the number 14 for Stuart Haas Racing, followed by Jimmy Johnson, Joey Logano, Brad Lisk Brad Keselowski and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. rounds out the top ten here. Some interesting names in that group.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, obviously some, some predictable ones too. Hamlin uh, has has proven to be one of the cars to beat this year, and for him to get that win comes as no surprise. Martin Truex Jr. continues another solid season with a runner-up finish. Um, Kyle Busch, again, winless, but still gets a top-five finish. And some, some predictable names in Harvick and, and Elliott. Um, good day for Boyer. They uh, got some stage points, came home with a top ten. Uh, Jimmy Johnson obviously fighting hard for a playoff berth in seventh there. And then Magano, Kieslowski, and Stenhouse in tenths. Um, solid run for Cole Custer there, as you mentioned. He certainly is uh, gaining a lot of momentum here in the second half of the season as he uh, enters uh, the playoffs as a rookie. So, um Definitely some some big names And and some up-and-coming drivers up there Toward the front
0: Okay, it was a clean sweep For uh, Denny Hamlin On Saturday, he won all of the stages uh, With a margin Of victory at 1.179 Seconds Over Martin Truex Jr. There were four caution flags For 21 laps And 15 lead changes Among just 10 drivers Uh, so you know there was a lot of racing back and forth there uh, between all of these guys throughout this race. Um, Now, let's go over the points report. No, we're going to save that. Let's move on to the second race and do the points after that. Uh, Anything you want to say before I move on about the uh, stats?
1: Yeah, just looking at the top ten there, there were some drivers toward the cut line, that really needed to have good days. I, I think we talked about it Sharon, in our own chat this weekend, that this was a pivotal weekend in terms of making or breaking playoff hopes because, uh, there were two opportunities to, to gain valuable points this weekend. And some drivers did a decent job of that. Others had issues. Um, you know, so certainly, um, a, a very big weekend in terms of um, positioning oneself for the playoffs. And I think that, uh, You know, there may be some implications from some of the finishes this weekend, but, you know, certainly in that first race that we've already spoken about, uh, you know, a couple, three of those cutoff drivers did a nice job of of getting the finishes they needed to.
0: Yes, indeed, that is so true. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, the most notable among that group, uh, coming in with the seventh-place finish on Saturday, and another good finish, I believe, on Sunday. Uh, We'll get into that here in just a second. Um, The race winner on Sunday was Kevin Harvick at the age of 44 in the number four Mobile One Ford for Stuart Haas Racing and Rodney Childers as his crew chief. It was his 56th victory in 707 NASCAR Cup Series races, his seventh victory in 21st, top 10 finish this year it was his third victory and 21st top 10 finish in 40 races at dover international speedway martin truex jr who finished second posting his 18th top 10 finish in 30 races at dover and his 16th top 10 finish this year there it is jimmy johnson with a third place finish on sunday posted his 27th top ten finish in 38 races at Dover International Speedway. Again, that's really impressive. Uh, Cole Custer came home with a tenth-place finish. He was the highest-finishing rookie of the race. Um, the, the, also notable about Kevin Harvick, he moves into a tie for ninth place with Kyle Bush on the all-time NASCAR Cup Series wins list. So that's something I didn't hear a lot about this weekend, but I think is an interesting stat. Uh, We'll also go over the rest of the top ten here. Uh, William Byron, a good finish for him in fourth place. Uh, And in fifth place was Alex Bowman for Hendrix Motorsports. The next five drivers were Joey Logano, Eric Almirola, Brad Keselowski, Austin Dillon with another top ten, and as we mentioned earlier, Cole Custer, the rookie, rounding out the top ten drivers for this particular race. Well,
1: Kevin, thoughts, Harvick, it just, Kevin Harvick just simply does what Kevin Harvick does. And he, uh, <laughs> they um, they went out there and dominated, and it's interesting to note that on, on Saturday they had a track bar that was apparently moving on its own, so they chased the handling a bit, which led to that fourth-place finish, which in itself was remarkable. But for them to go out there and dominate like they did, very impressive. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. has made it, a, I think, a, a habit this year to run second or third, <laughs> so he does it again. Uh, another great day for him. But to me, the the big glaring. Um, finishes here in a good way, of course. Jimmy Johnson in third, William Byron in fourth. Uh, that's exactly what they need to do if they're going to try to make the playoffs this year. In particular, William Byron—they had an abysmal race on Saturday. They regrouped, they made some strong changes to the car, they refocused, and they had a really good day coming home with a top five finish, which is precisely what a what a playoff driver needs to do. Um, you know, Alex Bowman—great day for him. In fact, that's three Hendrick Chevrolets in the top five. Uh, Logano, Almirola, and Kozlowski, predictable top tens for them. Dylan in ninth. And then Custer, as I mentioned earlier, continuing to impress a lot there in in tenth. So, um, you know, certainly some big days for some of those front runners up there.
0: Without a doubt. Uh, Just like uh, Denny Hamlin did the day before, Kevin Harvick won all three stages. Of this uh, particular race The margin of victory Is 3.525 seconds And uh, there were Seven caution flags for 40 laps And 15 lead changes Among just six drivers So uh, again It was a fun race to watch There was a lot of racing going on And it wasn't just about the leaders It was about those bubble guys And what they were going to do In this race uh, To put themselves into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as critical as these races were, I think that, um, you know, going out there and putting together those strong performances may make or break their season given what moves next weekend. So certainly some strong runs. Um, I guess we can get ourselves into the points here for the Cup Series. Yep. Kevin Harvick. will go all uh, sixteen. Yeah, Kevin Harvick there in uh, the points leader. He is officially the regular season champion. They clinched it this weekend. Uh, Denny Hamlin in second, Kozlowski third, Martin Truex Jr. fourth, Joey Logano in fifth, Brian Blaney in sixth, Chase Elliott seventh, Eric Elmer in eighth, Kyle Busch ninth, Kurt Busch in tenth. Uh, those, have all, those drivers have all clinched playoff spots. Clint Boyer in 11th but has not clinched yet. He has a 57-point margin. Uh, over 16th, so uh, they're going to have to try to get that done at Daytona. Alex Bowman, of course, locked in with a win. He's at 12th, Matt DiBenedetto is only nine points above that cut line, so he certainly has his work cut out for him if he's going to make the playoffs this year. William Byron and Jimmy Johnson all fighting uh, for those last two spots in the playoff points. It's an extremely tight battle. Um we all know what's coming next weekend and <laughs> I'm sure there's gonna be some sleepless nights for some of these drivers and crews this week. So uh but this is what this is you know what we've all been looking forward to uh since they announced this last year, going to Daytona next week, so it's gonna make it a lot of fun. Um uh, and then of course Eric Jones there in, in uh sixteenth in points, but um certainly he'll have to race his way in if he's uh, gonna make the playoffs this year. So a very interesting battle, Sharon, for sure.
0: Yes, indeed. You didn't mention Cole Custer, who has a victory that, that punches his ticket into uh, the playoffs, as well as Austin Dillon with one win. Uh, they both are in that top 16, which displaces uh, the number 15 and 16 guys, uh, putting Jimmy Johnson and Eric Jones below the cutoff line. But now earlier today, I thought they said Jimmy Johnson was in.
1: I'm trying to find the the playoff standings because those are a little bit different than the actual point standings. So hopefully I can pick that up here uh, in just a second. Because certainly, as you mentioned, with Cole Custer and Austin Dillon picking up those big victories this year, that puts them officially locked into the playoffs. So certainly there's um, definitely a tight battle there uh, at the cut line. I think Johnson... Johnson and Byron are extremely close, and I don't have it right in front of me, but there's a very tight I battle I think it's for just sure. four
0: points there, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, let me see if I can pull it up here. I know we've got the uh, Hot Topic sound off starting here momentarily, but real quick, uh, I've got it pulled up here. If I rank it uh, according to NASCAR.com, they have Matt De Benedetto is above the line, it looks like. Well, the ones in Jeopardy, I guess, is what they're talking about. Um four points. Jimmy Johnson in fifteenth. Eric Jones in sixteenth. Uh again, they are displaced. I don't know why they're not showing it here. Did they put they did put Cole Custer and Austin Dillon in there? Okay, so okay, so they've got uh Eric Jones and Jimmy Johnson inside the cutoff line, but still vulnerable because the love points are so tight. It would be Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell on the outside looking in. It's just a yeah. little confusing how they've got it here. But um, yeah, so yeah. uh yeah,
1: basically, you've got Boyer there in fourteenth at plus fifty seven they are are in a they have a pretty good cushion, certainly going into Daytona, but they still have to clinch their way in, but then the real battle down here is De Benedetto at uh, the fifteenth seed only at plus nine Byron is in at plus four, but Johnson's out at minus four, so that's an extremely tight battle there uh for those last two playoff spots it's uh mm-hmm, yeah. um, certainly anyone's anyone's um uh, opportunity at this point.
0: Uh, absolutely. Okay, we are one past the uh, half hour mark here, and uh, that means we're a little late for our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off, but we'll get into it right here. And joining us for Hot Topic Sound Off is none other than Mr. Jay Hughesman himself. Welcome. Oh. Hey.
3: I was trying to follow along there and actually pull those points up uh, as I came on a little earlier and was listening. Uh, I think you got it all straightened out. William Byron in 14th is the cutoff. So Jimmy Johnson four out uh, as it is right now. So uh, I was a little confused there and I was going to try and help you out as you brought me in here and get those (laughs) points up for you, but you found them before I did. And I was still even looking at the, the chart they have. It is a little confusing, but yeah, Jimmy Johnson is four points on the outside.
0: Yes, so he is outside. I thought I saw a graphic earlier saying that he was inside, but that is not true. Okay, so uh, uh, first of all, uh, welcome to the show, Jay, and uh, we're going to let you kind of kick us off for the NASCAR Hot Topics here tonight.
3: Well, being that we were just talking about that, let's start right there. Daytona, (laughs) being a wild card, we know that it is. Certain drivers good there. We've also seen some surprise winners. The points battle is tight, so when it's all said and done, who's in and who's out?
0: Andy, you want to take that one?
1: (laughs) I got to be honest, I'm stressed going into this, and and I have no dog in the fight. (laughs) This is going to be wild, but I mean, this is what this race was designed to do. When they announced this last year, I know we were all... We all had this one circled a year ago uh, just out of the sheer excitement and knowing that this was going to be a crazy race, you know, and and it's amazing that the points battle is as tight as it is because you've got three drivers all only a few points of each other that can easily get themselves in. And, And certainly, you know, this is a race, like any super speedway race, that lends itself to anybody in the top 30 in points wins it, they're in. So, you know, you could see you could see two of those guys on the cut line get bumped out by virtue of somebody else winning. So there's the stress involved in that. And there's, you know, the stress involved in getting caught up in an accident, Uh, mechanical problems. I mean, this, this race is going to be something to see for sure. I mean, I, I can tell you, you know, following Boyer, like I do, I was really praying they would get clinched yesterday and the, uh, the race kind of unraveled there for them at the end. I, I think they're in good shape, but, still a bit stressful this week knowing they still have to go down there and get the job done to get themselves in so nonetheless you know for those three drivers behind him at the cut line even more stressful and um you know as far as who's in and who's out man I don't know that's a tough one I certainly would not bet against a seven time champion in Jimmy Johnson I think that that's a team that has done a nice job lately and seems to be gaining some momentum so if they can go down there and stay out of the wreck and have a clean race I I think they have a good chance to get in um I think William Byron, to some degree, uh, is in a bit of a precarious spot. Now, granted, they had a really nice rebound yesterday from the way things went for them Saturday. Uh, a, a very tough race for them and their team, a lot of tensions, a lot of frustration, but they really turned it around as, in the best way they possibly could, short of winning yesterday. So, um, you know, I but, I but I say that they're in a precarious spot in the sense that, you know, if they go down there and have things go awry, it can go awry in a hurry. Uh, Matt De Benedetto is a little concerning to me in the sense that um, that team has lost a lot of points in the last few weeks, and you know they seem to be trending in the wrong direction. But with that being said, in their alliance with Team Penske, who's had really fast cars in the super speedways, you would expect them to be a contender to win. In fact, uh, you know that's someone I'm, I'm certainly looking at this week. So um, I guess with that being said, it's hard to say. But if, if at this point in time, if I got to pick. You know, someone on the the outside, I'd have to go with Byron, but, you know, it's really anyone's guess at this point.
0: Yeah, uh, Daytona is such a wild card. It is so, it's next to impossible to predict what's going to happen because a good driver can be knocked out in a, Uh, the big one, if you will, uh, through no fault of their own. Uh, Any of these drivers can be knocked out through no fault of their own. So some drivers that might be in now, if they get knocked out of the race, they're going to be out. But I've got a question. I've got a couple little conundrums here for you, because uh, I look at Ricky Stenhouse, Jr., who's in 23rd place. He's really good on the super spade So what happens if he gets that victory? I think they have to be in the top 20 to be able to move on to the playoffs. So is that race going to be enough to bring him up up into the top 20? I'm not sure that it will. So uh, that's a conundrum.
3: Go ahead. The, the Cub Series is the top thirty.
0: Oh, it is the top thirty. Okay, so uh, yes. Ricky Stenhouse Junior could get a victory and end up in that uh group. Okay, so so I think there's some people down here that could end up with victories uh that we may not even be thinking about right now. Uh Michael McDowell's one of those guys. Uh Ricky Stenhouse Junior, Bubba Wallace, uh uh, you know, there's a lot of guys down here that could end up getting a victory and put themselves right into the playoffs, and nobody's even talking about them right now. So that's something to look at. Uh, Matt Kenseth is another one of those guys. Uh, Chris Busher Christopher Bell, uh, Austin Dillon is already in, but uh, there, there's uh, there's some potential for some of these guys that we're not even looking at right now that could possibly come home with a victory after Daytona. Um, but of course, uh, there's also these playoff guys That are going to be going after it And I'm like you, Andy I'm not counting out Jimmy Johnson uh, I wouldn't even count out Matt DiBenedetto He's really good on these super speedways uh, Of getting a victory At uh, at uh, Daytona uh, But, you know This could be uh, the golden ticket For somebody like it, Eric Jones Or a Tyler Reddick also So uh i would I would not count any of those guys out of an opportunity to get a victory at Daytona International Speedway. Of course, a lot of these guys that are up at the front already are going to be doing everything they can to pad themselves going into the playoffs uh, even further, uh, but uh, there could be some surprises after Daytona is said and done, Jay. what are your thoughts?
3: Well, let, let's start with let's start with the scenario of we don't get a repeat or uh, outside the top 14, if you will, uh, winner, uh, which I think is very likely, uh, just with how these guys have run, and and that comes down to Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin. We know how Denny Hamlin is on the Super speedways, your Daytona 500 mm-hmm. winner, so. Let's let's start there and, and then look at the three that we're talking about as far as points: Matt DiBenedetto, William Byron, and Jimmy Johnson. And I would have to then put Jimmy Johnson as out. And I say that based on you mentioned Matt DiBenedetto with the Wood Brothers. Daytona is one where they run really well. William Byron and Jimmy Johnson only four those four points apart. It just seems like that team, the uh, William Byron team, the 24 with Chad Canales, are more solid in the stage racing as well as the finish on super speedways. Jimmy Johnson, and we've heard him say it, and we saw it a few years ago, he's got seven championships. He hasn't won in a while. He said he's going after wind, not necessarily the championship, and we saw him do that to himself uh, two, three years ago, maybe at, at the Roval at Charlotte where he took himself out of it. So that's where that concern comes in as far as if they are strictly points racing. Now you talk about somebody from the outside picking up a victory and one name you didn't mention there that, that I think needs to, I saw somebody else mention this on Twitter. Ryan Newman was very close to winning the Daytona Mm -hmm. 500 prior to getting upside down. You know, what, what kind of storyline would that be for NASCAR for Ryan Newman had he sh- should he come back and win that race? And he is 25th in points, which would make him eligible. Now you're talking about, like you said, two people of those three getting bumped out. Mm-hmm. And again, I'd still and have then... to kind of give that advantage to Matt Benedetto.
0: Okay. Uh, I think that's pretty interesting. Andy, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, this is just one of those races that anyone really can win this. You know, we've seen this time and time again at a super speedway. And I think anyone in that top 30 has a really good chance. And I think we, I, I honestly think that we have a really good chance to see someone race their way into the playoffs that we're not even looking at. we may not even imagine the name on the show tonight. So uh, that's where the stress lies. If you're, you know, 15th, 16th, 17th in the points, because there's no guarantee you know, I mean, we could easily see two of those guys at the cut line get bumped out. So um, that's what makes this week so interesting and, and and stressful. If you're one of those teams, you know, and uh, even for Boyer, you know, if they wreck or something on lap one, they, they could find themselves in a precarious spot. So no one's safe here, especially if someone behind them in points that's not even on our radar goes out there and wins this race, which they can easily do. Um, You know, and there's some pretty neat storylines, you know, to the point of Eric Jones, who won this exact race two years ago. He could go out there and win his way in in his last year for driving uh, for Joe Gibbs Racing. Ryan Newman, you know, we all know the wreck in the 500. How cool would it be if he redeems himself with a win and gets in the playoffs? So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. This is this is what this race is designed to do is it creates an element of the unknown going into this race, and it's going to make for an interesting regular season finale.
0: It it is. It's going to make for a very interesting race uh, this weekend uh, as the finale of the regular season. We already know who the champion is, so no question about that. That we can predict. But uh, anything else beyond that, I think, is so unpredictable. And uh, it's one of those races you just have to tune in to see what happens uh, throughout the day uh, and who's in and who's out and uh, go from there. Uh, but I do think we're in for some surprises, and I think that's about all I can really add to what everybody has said here so far. Anything, anything you can add, Jay? Jay?
3: No, that, that would be the third and final uh, outcome or possibility there is, uh, like Andy mentioned, to wreck. It could still be Kurt Boy- uh, or Clint Boyer, sorry, uh, that ends up out. I mean, that scenario is possible should he wreck early, and those guys pick up the stage points they need and a good finish. Um, so yeah, he's not free, free and clear yet, uh, sitting pretty good, but we've seen stranger things happen.
0: Yeah, I know that that just uh, added to Andy's nerves here <laughs> going into the race. Oh, yeah,
1: I'm probably going to have a sleepless week just because of that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, God,
1: it's going to be tough.
0: It is. It's going to be an amazing race. So, Andy, what do you have on your list of hot topics for tonight?
1: Yeah, I found it interesting. There's an article here um, about Spear Motorsports looking – to have two full-time teams in 2021 and um, they mentioned their desire to have two full-time drivers. And it was surprising to me that they were targeting potentially uh, colleague racings 2 full-time Xfinity drivers and Ross Chastain and Justin Haley as a couple of examples that they did name by name. So certainly wanted to see what your thoughts were on that.
0: Okay, Jay.
3: Well, we talked about this as far as what, what did it take for uh, Spire Motorsports to, with that new charter and a two-car team, to elevate into one of the developing, stronger developing teams uh, within NASCAR. And it is going to take a couple of good drivers, but to get those good drivers, you've got to have some type of a promise or security. I know Ross Chastain has driven for him before as well as Justin Haley, but that was kind of on a one-two-time deal versus if they're looking to go full-time, they want to be competitive. And Spire Motorsports just truthfully isn't there yet. Now, they do have a semi-alliance with Ganassi and Hendrick Motorsports under the, the Chevrolet banner. So, again, maybe if they can up that a little bit enough to at least entice two solid drivers that are willing to go f- full-time for the year and maybe looking at top 20 being their goal you know, of, of good finish, top 20, top 15 maybe, Barring again a Justin Haley type win um, that would elevate him, but and so you're really looking at two to three years down the road of building for that future. The the question is is who can what drivers can you get in there in order to help do that? Um, I mentioned Corey LaJoy, but I know Go Fast Racing has gone through that, and he said he's looking to go up a step. So I don't know that Spire Motorsports is up that level. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I don't see them actually getting both Justin Haley and um, Ross Chastain, sure. but that's just my per- my opinion on that. Uh, they might be able to get one of the two, but I-, I don't see them getting two championship Xfinity Series championship contending drivers to step in there as of yet.
0: Well, and, and the thing to kind of remember with all of that, too, Jay, is that, and we've been talking about this, Ross Chastain still is under contract with Chip Ganassi Racing, so there would have to be, if they did take both of those drivers, uh, there would have to be some kind of an arrangement made uh, between Spire and Chip Ganassi Racing uh, for that to happen. So uh, I I really question whether or not that Will, that both of those drivers will be moving into Spire Motorsports. But obviously, they like Ross Chastain. They, they mentioned that it's somebody that they've worked with forever, and they like Justin Haley. So those guys appear to be at the top of their list, uh, but they're probably looking at any driver that's available uh, and, and who they're going to bring into that Spire Motorsports. So that'll be interesting to see what does happen, Andy. I'm curious to know your thoughts.
1: Well, this is intriguing for me. I'm certainly excited to see that team grow and grow into a team that's uh, ready to compete at a higher level. And certainly, that seems to be their goal. And you know, as we all know, motorsports is a business, and certainly, it it takes time to to get to that level. But that that it certainly seems to be their goal. Um, I found it interesting that they were potentially looking at Haley and and Chastain, who I think would be excellent choices, Um, you know, but those drivers are driving for a really good Xfinity team and have the chance to win races and um, and go out there and, and compete for championship. And, you know, I would, I guess I would be hesitant, you know, if I were in their shoes not to knock on Spear Motorsports, obviously they're they're trying to get better and trying to do the right thing and improve. But you know, you'd hate to see them leave a really good Xfinity program and, and run, you know, at the at the back end of the field in a Cup Series carve, unless of course, you know, to your point, that there is some kind of longevity and security there where they can grow with the team, get better, and, and turn themselves into playoff contenders in the long run. But you know, those are big names from the Xfinity Series and, you know, certainly uh, would be an asset to that team. But um, there's a lot of risk involved in that. And, and certainly, you know, if, especially if you're Chastain or, or Haley, um, you know, is the risk worth it? Or do you remain, say, with Colleague Racing for another year or two and, and try to go win an Xfinity Series championship and go win some races to maybe get a top-tier ride in the Cup Series? So certainly it's uh, it's an intriguing scenario that these drivers appear to be in, whether or not an offer has been made, it's hard to say, of course, but, um, you know, certainly you have to look at the risk versus reward in making that move to the Cup Series with a team that has yet to prove themselves.
0: Okay, Jay.
3: Well, and that you mentioned, you mentioned the uh, Ross Chastain being under Ganassi contract. Uh, and, and that's where that that does become very interesting because that is one of them that they mentioned Spire Motorsports mentioned that they have a limited alliance with or, or partnership with if that were to increase Chastain to go over there assuming he doesn't go into the number 42 which we know very little about as well as possibly the number one of Kurt Busch uh, we haven't really mm-hmm. talked about that but it's possible he's on his final year we don't know that for sure um, you know, filling that 42 ride obviously would be first priority for Ganassi, which they're trying to do with possibly Bubba Wallace. But if not, I would think Chastain would be the next one on that list as well. However, Eric Jones come into play as well. So, again, it's really tough to say. Uh, we keep getting little answers, but that just brings about more questions when it comes to trying to talk about this stuff. So it,
0: and it, I'd like to see him ahead, get I'm at sorry. least
3: one one very solid uh, driver and that can help take them to another level.
0: Okay. And and one thing that we haven't mentioned here yet is that they also mentioned that Spire has a relationship with Toyota Racing Development, and uh, they're certainly looking to fill the void because right now Joe Gibbs Racing would be the only Toyota team uh, that's in the Cup Series. So uh, Spire could maybe fill in that role as well. And that's where Eric Jones might fit in really well, into that group. So just something (laughs) as if it's not already confusing enough and intriguing enough, uh, throw that in there too, because I I think that there are some some other possibilities here. They may not go with Chevy. They may go with Toyota. Andy?
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's certainly a void I think Toyota is looking to fill. I I think that – you know, they've obviously had a, a lot of success with Joe Gibbs Racing's four-car program, but, you know, certainly with the loss of Furniture Row Racing and Levine Family Racing, they um, you have to think that that manufacturer would like to get, you know, a, a second and possibly even a third organization. So, um, you know, Toyota would certainly, I think, elevate their program. I think, having read the article, you know, they, they may not have the same level of, if they were to do this, they wouldn't have possibly the same level of support as the as, uh, Furniture Row and Levine family did. But, you know, they seem to be extremely smart about going about building up this program. And certainly if they could develop a long-term relationship with Toyota um, to where they could get it to, you know, a, a championship-level organization someday, um, in the long run, it might make sense to do that. So it'll be interesting to see uh, who the manufacturer is for next year because I think there's a lot of unknowns – uh, surrounding this team when it comes to manufacturer, drivers, crew chiefs, all that stuff. So uh definitely worth keeping an eye on for sure.
0: Okay. Um let's um let it is and I can't wait to see what does uh, transpire there at Spire. <laughs> um I'm going to bring up the next topic here, and I I think it's kind of intriguing uh, on a lot of different levels here. I'm going to reference Adam Stern. I found this on his timeline, uh, and if you guys want to go there to kind of follow up on this, uh, he posted a link to the Herald News. uh, The Joliet Plan Commission says no to the NASCAR warehouses. In reading this article, you might recall – Uh, When they announced that uh, Chicagoland Speedway was not going to be having the races this year, uh, there was speculation that they were going to be selling uh, the area around that track. Well, uh, I was under the impression that that was coming from Chicagoland Speedway, but it sounds like, um, and that the, the warehouses were something that was happening through Joliet, the area around there. But this sounds like NASCAR is making the suggestion of economic development of warehouses around Chicagoland Speedway. Uh, there's one uh, line in here. Um, the, uh, the mayor, Bob O'Day, Kirk and council members have also said they favor a moratorium on warehouse development along route fifty three after approving the controversial North Point project, one of the reasons is the congestion of traffic. A lot of the people around uh, in that area that live around that area would are complaining that they don 't want any more development there because of the traffic uh, and so that 's part of the reason why they're they 're not in favor of doing that uh, the plan commission members who passed approved drop 53 warehouse projects amend objections that they would add truck congestion. Uh, so th- they're really trying to minimize any more traffic congestion in that area, uh, which they say is already kind of atrocious. Uh, I'm trying to find the statement here where it, it was suggested by NASCAR um that NASCAR is working with Hillwood Investment Group to develop land-owned outside Chicagoland Speedway and other racetracks. So I think NASCAR is looking to develop that area, which initially I don't think that was really clear. And then the statement from uh, the president of Chicagoland Speedway, Scott Paddock, after the meeting, he said this isn't over yet. So uh, it looks like he's working on behalf of NASCAR for that area development around the racetrack, which I find very interesting. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts about that. And, uh, uh, Jay, I think we'll start with you on this one.
3: Well, thank you ever so much for that. Um, (laughs) I had seen that, that article and scanned through it, and I decided that with my hands being full with running the Jay Hoosman Cup, that I would hire a city planner or somebody to handle that kind of information for me, so <laughs> I can't answer a whole lot, whole lot to it. Uh, I know that NASCAR obviously was the one uh, being more involved with it, which I would uh, think would be a good thing if if NASCAR is investing in the entire community and area. Uh, so, and you mentioned some things there that were going against them that people in the surrounding area weren't weren't in favor of. Uh, as well as the mayor, so again, that would be well out of my realm of uh, expertise if I have any. but I, I just I don't understand again, not knowing exactly what NASCAR wanted to do, what the complications or negatives to it were, like you mentioned traffic flow and everything else. But the fact that if NASCAR is looking to help develop the entire area around a track, uh, again, it would bring in more jobs, more more security there. I'm uh, not sure what the issue would be, but I, I did find it intriguing, like you said. The final statement was, this isn't over.
0: Mhm. Andy, any thoughts from your end?
1: I think it's interesting to me that they wouldn't be in favor of economic development. Certainly, we don't want to see the Speedway go away. It's a, It's a fixture on the schedule for all of the national series and and certainly has been a great place to visit for NASCAR since 2001. Um, So you you, you don't want to see the Speedway go away, which I don't think it would, but I don't know that, uh, you know, economic development's a bad thing. I think that uh, certainly if they could build up some businesses around there and uh, help out, you know, and make some money off some of the property, I think it's a good thing, so I'm not sure you know, why there'd be any backlash toward that. Um, But aside from that, uh, as long as I keep the racetrack, that's all I care about.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I totally agree. I think we've seen some of the best racing in NASCAR at Chicagoland Speedway with the Ark of Menard Series and the other three NASCAR series all racing there. Uh, Another interesting statement that was in this article is, is uh, Paddock told the commission this is a partnership at 16 NASCAR tracks across the country, nothing unique to Chicagoland Speedway. So NASCAR apparently is looking to redevelop the area around several uh, racetracks around the country, and I kind of understand where they're coming from uh, because it draws more people to the track if there is more them to do. I think that's part of what drew them to Nashville and uh, I think that's what they're trying to do here as well. So I, I, I just find the whole thing rather intriguing because I didn't realize I guess in the beginning that NASCAR was uh, involved in the redevelopment around the track. I thought it was the city. so it was a it was a unanimous vote by the way by the city commission and um uh again i just find the whole thing very intriguing uh any any other thoughts jay
3: well since uh whoops since i I didn't get any volunteers to or sign up there to be my uh, (laughs) development planner from you two um i have to outsource that but I, i i'm with you guys like i said i I would think that anybody willing to help develop a community, and again, not knowing exactly what NASCAR's plans were, and you mentioned that it, it, it involves several different tracks uh, that they own, uh, I, I would view as a good thing. I, I, I'm with Andy, I, I'm not sure I'm seeing the, the negative to it, but also, like I said, I'm not in a city council, I'm not in a, de- a city development area, so you know, I'm sure they have their reasons. We'll see if NASCAR can work it out um, and progress with that. Like you said, it's not over yet uh, based on their their intentions. But I, I would continue to press with it because from my viewpoint, I do see it as a good thing.
0: Yeah, it sounds, it sounds positive to me. Um, I can appreciate where they're coming from with the traffic uh, in that area. But at the same time, uh, there are ways to work around that as well. Uh, And that, I would assume, be part of the development process. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see. Andy, uh, any other thoughts on your end? No, I'm good. Okay. Jay, we'll go back to you for your thoughts for the next hot topic.
3: All right. Well, there's two or three here, and I can't say they're from great, reliable sources, but... Uh, I believe it was a week or so ago on a Thursday, I ended the show with a tweet tweet from Adam Stern saying that Richard Petty Motorsports was looking to bring in another outside investor, possibly a celebrity. Uh, Mm -hmm. Over the weekend, I found a couple different articles. uh, One saying that Denny Hamlin was possibly looking to invest in Richard Petty Motorsports and the scenarios that that creates with that. I tie in the fact that he has great ties to Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand, which would bring (laughs) in the possibility of that celebrity. Then today on Reddit, I saw that. And again, I'm not saying that's a 100% reliable source. They do have some good information. Some of it sometimes is true. Some of it's not. But they brought up the fact that Toyota was actually talking to Richard Petty Motorsports as far as them switching manufacturers. So again, some Very, what I would say, reliable sources of what's happening. Some, maybe not so much. Somebody guessing and filling in some blanks, but that is one possible scenario to what the future holds for Richard A. Motorsports, Denny Hamlin, and Toyota.
0: Okay, Andy, you and I talked about this this morning.
3: Well, Jay, you,
1: sir, are a deductive reasoner because you may very well have hit the nail on the head. Certainly,
0: we <laughs>
1: we don't know all the details here, but um, all of that, quite frankly, is extremely plausible. And it was mentioned on uh, Race Hub yesterday by Bob Pokras that there were potentially some preliminary talks about uh, RPM talking to Toyota. So that uh, right there would tie in potentially... With the rest of what you just said, so, um, you know, certainly that team is is looking to not only retain Bubba Wallace, but I mean, he's got a he's got a lot going for him right now. They've got a lot of sponsorship interest, uh, some of which has already been signed for this season. Uh, they've been running, you know, decent and, and certainly trying to get better. And you know, I'm sh- I'm sure that you know they're they're doing all they can to try to keep Bubba with that team, and. Um, you know certainly if they bring in some new investments and, and some new um you know opportunities to try to get better and put some new money into the team uh you know the sky could be the limit for them so certainly that's all extremely good news whether or not it's true yet you know it's it's a good rumor to to see it's, it's good uh certainly you know positive vibes for them moving forward so um I mean honestly Jade a lot of that's extremely possible so uh we'll just have to see of course what happens but uh it all makes sense to me.
0: Yes, I um I totally agree. I think I think uh I was kind of already on the leaning toward the Michael Jordan uh, angle on this uh that he might be interested in investing in a team like uh, Richard Betty Motorsports. And uh, ensuring that uh, Daryl Wallace Jr. uh, is able to stay in that number 43 ride And then you throw in Toyota and Denny Hamlin into this mix And it makes complete sense uh, that that's the direction that this all seems to be heading Now let's be really, really, really clear to anybody listening We are totally speculating here Uh, None of this has been confirmed. Uh, A lot of it has been uh, intimated, I guess is the word, or hinted at, Uh, but uh, that's kind of led us in this direction. But uh, there's nothing been announced or anything else. But uh, I do think I like this idea. I like the idea of Denny Hamlin getting involved with the team. I like the idea of Toyota expanding. I don't want to see them go away, uh, and I think Joe Gibbs Racing does need that. And uh, if they can do that, uh, Spyre Motorsports sounds like they're a possibility, as is Richard Petty Motorsports. I think those are all good signs for Toyota. Uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting, <laughs> that's all I can say, to see how the chips fall down on this one. Uh, but I do think uh, that we might be uh, uh, headed in the right direction with our thoughts here. Uh, Jay, anything more you wanted to say there?
3: Well, the, the one thing I find uh, the curiosity of it, uh, again, Danny Hamlin went through a windless streak, was possibly rumored to be on his way out and out of a ride come back been strong the last two years going to be a championship contender without a doubt this year um, as we wrap it up and that's pretty much all he has left to accomplish with Joe Gibbs Racing would be that championship mm-hmm. the the one thing in, in reading, reading this and I disagree with what they were saying was that Denny Hamlet wouldn't be able to own or be involved in that team in an ownership level unless he drove for it but I know Dale Earnhardt drove for Richard Childress when he operated DEI. Now, I don't know if that was a change in how the name was listed, that it was under Teresa's name, but it it can be manipulated, if you will. I hate to use that word, but um, worked out in such a manner that it could be that way, that he stays racing at Joe Gibbs Racing but is involved in that other team. So, uh, it would be really interesting, and I, and I think, like I said, I mean, pretty much all that Denny Hamlin has left to accomplish would be a championship with Joe Gibbs Racing. So, have to have to see. Again, we get a little bit of information and little dominoes fall, but we're waiting for a couple of really big ones.
0: Okay, Andy.
3: Well, I mean, I suppose
1: it's always possible that uh, Hamlin goes and drives for that team especially if it's getting the support and at the level that of Joe Gibbs racing like we've seen with, with Furniture Row and Levine Family Racing. You never know. So, um, so, you know, some of those details I hadn't heard yet, but um, it is that time of the year when, when crazy and silly things happen, and we're certainly there. So uh, that would be interesting, to say the least. Certainly would come out of left field for sure.
0: <laughs> okay uh, I can't wait to see how this one plays out to, For sure And I don't really have a whole lot to add to it uh, Than what you guys have said And from what I've said But uh, uh, I, again I just can't wait to see how it how it plays out uh, It's very intriguing So Andy What's your next top topic?
1: Well this is one we already Did allude to last week And talked about some But officially Corey Lejoy will not return to go fast racing. It was officially announced at the end of last week. So I guess follow-up thoughts from last week on that.
0: Okay, Jay.
3: Well, this, this movement said he had to step out and take a, take a jump of faith in, in himself um, and ended up with the Wood Brothers uh, racing. Well, first, at first the first one was I'm sorry with Levine Family Racing and Toyota, and then getting shuffled over to end up at the Wood Brothers. I see where Corey LeJoy is coming from, and I know he made his pitch to Rick Hendrick via handwritten letter. I, mm-hmm. I just I don't see that happening, and you have a serious lack of other teams. And again, we got to be honest with where Go Fast Racing is at for it to be a step. Forward, let alone even laterally you know we talked about Spire Motorsports I don't know if uh LaJoy is the a candidate to go be able to go over and lead and build that team maybe if they did have somebody say as Ross Chastain come in and then LaJoy as the second car um to be able to learn from another veteran driver uh in his growth but again, we're we're looking at a shortage of cars with a multitude of drivers, so I'm a little fearful for his future, honestly.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree. I think uh, it makes sense that Spire could be a possibility, especially if um, uh, Rick Hendrick turned him down for that number forty eight seat, uh, you know, to give him an opportunity uh, in an affiliated team like Spire. Uh, would be maybe the next best thing to see if he can prove himself there to be able to move up for a potential new seat. Although I don't see when a potential new seat would open up at Hendrick Motorsports uh, once the 48 is filled because those are all young drivers uh, that are racing in those seats and uh, they're there for the long haul, I think. So unless somebody leaves the organization, I don't see a seat Opening up at all So uh, again I'm a little fearful for Corey LaJoy As well uh, I think he will land somewhere It might not be the most ideal Situation um, But uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see I mean there are some possibilities there um, and, and we'll see how it plays out But again All we can do at this point is just speculate and uh another another question that I'm anxious to see answered, Andy, what are your thoughts
1: yeah i would I would echo what you both said i would I would be fearful too of him earning a ride that can be competitive um, you know certainly go fast racing, which had a technical alliance with SHR, I don't think they had you know an alliance at the level that allows them to be at the same level as Stuart Haas, but they certainly have some kind of relationship there. I thought that that was a scenario that seemed to be working well for him, um, but, yeah, it, I, I, I don't see him going to a top-tier ride. I just don't think there's room anywhere for him at this point, point. and also, you know, certainly when you look at his, his results across the, the top three series, he... he the numbers just aren't there to to make me say that he's earned a top ride yet, which is why I would almost rather see him, you know, go into a top or a competitive Xfinity car. Because he, let's, let's make no mistake, Corey LeJoy has talent and is a, you know, is a good race car driver. That's why he is where he is. Um, but it would be kind of cool to see him maybe take a step back, go to the Xfinity series. Put some some numbers on the board, maybe get some wins, and then revisit a top cup ride down the road. Because um, I just don't see him going into a top ride. I know, you know, he he's got some, he's got plenty of fans, and I know a lot of people on social media are are hopeful that he'll land something really good. But I I, j- I just don't know if that's in the cards yet. Now, granted, there are teams like. Uh, front row Motorsports sports, and, and maybe JTG Doherty racing that could have openings. And, um, you know, if he were to land in either of those spots, I think he could be competitive. But um, as far as him getting into a championship level or playoff car I, in the Cup Series, I'm just, just not sure about that yet.
0: Okay. Um, I uh, You bring up an intriguing thought there, though. Uh, and I'm sorry, Jay, I'm going in ahead of you. But uh, you bring up an intriguing thought with uh, uh, going to the Xfinity Series. I would love to see Corey Joy move to the Xfinity Series. How about you, Jay?
3: Yeah, that's one of those I know we don't always, always talk about, but we have seen some drivers, uh, some championship contending drivers. I, I think back to uh, Elliot Sadler. Went back up back to the Xfinity series to finish up his career. Uh, Justin Algar moved back down there and became a perennial championship contender. So, as far as a driving career, yes, it's not the cup level, but that also can re reinvigorate you uh, as well as to both uh, other teams. So, running around with another. 20th to 25th place cup team versus winning championships in the Xfinity series, which one's going to draw more attention to you uh, would be the question. Or even
0: the truck series. uh,
3: Or the truck series, right. Uh, Not to leave them out by any means. So that would be a possibility. And I know when they say that they have other things lined up of, of, a better team, it may not be at the cup level. So that may be what he needs to do. Like you said, of a year, maybe even two back there be a contender if not win the championship you know we see where Daniel Hemrickson really doing that for his career right now running part-time but he's a top contender when he is in that junior Mm motorsports number eight so that has to draw some type of attention
0: exactly you go out and you win a championship uh that's gonna that's gonna draw people to to uh to uh want to bring you into their organization so I think that's an excellent idea uh, because, like you guys said earlier, uh, it's just hard to see where he would fit in uh, in the Cup Series uh, without, it being, with, without it being a top-tier team. Um, I don't think would be a, a good move for Corey LaJoy. Uh, but I do think moving to the Xfinity or even the Truck Series would be an excellent move and give him an opportunity to show uh what talent he truly has and and uh kind of open some people's eyes uh for potential down the road. So, a uh, good idea, Andy.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, I think we're ready to move on to the next topic. I'm all out, Jay. Did you have another hot topic?
3: Um well, I go back to uh, this one I think I had on the list from a couple a couple weeks ago. Justin Marks um, forming a team to be in the Cup Series, and I don't remember if the plan was 2021 20, or 22, and, and bringing a, a different, and I, there again I didn't follow along with everything, but, but bringing a different business model to it. Uh, did either one of you see anything on that?
0: Mm, I haven't. Have you, Andy?
3: Yeah, I read about
1: it. It was on uh, I want to say Twitter and uh, Jayski dot com. Um, you know, certainly, I think it's good to see new ownership and, and new interest in, in coming into the sport. Certainly, Justin's been involved in this sport as a driver in the past. Um, I think he may have even been part owners of uh, part owner of some previous teams in the sport. So, yep. uh, certainly, you know, to see him see him come back and, and show an, an avid interest in, uh, in, in being a Cup Series team owner, I think uh, would be pretty awesome. And I think the business model that you spoke to, Jay, was that uh, a lot of it would be funded by himself and uh, his own companies, and that would potentially lower the cost for, for sponsors to come on board and get uh, more exposure. So um, an interesting concept for sure. And um, certainly, you know that's an opportunity where you know if that team can align themselves, um, you know, with a with a powerhouse team, or maybe even just the the new generation car can can help them go out there and be competitive right off the bat. And you know, it would be cool to see new ownership. I think new ownership's a good thing, and I hope we see more of it, especially with the Gen 7 car. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but certainly hope that all comes to fruition.
0: Okay, yes, I, I agree. Uh, Justin Marks was part of the uh, Turner Scott Motorsports uh, uh, group. Well, it was Turner Scott Motorsports, and then it became uh, uh, Scott Motorsports with um, Justin Marks. And so he definitely was very involved in the Canon Pro Series as well as, I think, uh, uh, some of the Truck Series teams. And Xfinity Series teams uh, that were part of that uh, Scott Motorsports. Uh, so, and they, they're talking about uh, Marks was a bidder for the Levine Family Racing Team assets that eventually went to Spire Motorsports, uh, but he is planning to go racing next year and try to acquire a charter. So, I think it would be a good thing for Marks to come into this. Uh, He's an entrepreneur. He owns GoPro Motorplex near Charlotte. Uh, And uh, uh, you're right, that model of him funding 50% of the operational budget of the team in the first year uh, to attract sponsors to that I think is a good thing. And uh, I I can't see this being bad at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and I hope it does work out for Justin. I would like to see that uh I would like to see him back as a team owner and uh really investing in the sport as it sounds like he's willing to do. Andy
1: uh I don't have any follow up at this time,
0: Jay.
3: Yeah, I, I, I like seeing again the, the new ownership, and I, and I didn't realize that that they were in the bidding for Levine Family Racing. Uh, that'd be that'd be a tough one to say again, even with this new team coming in versus Spire Motorsports trying to expand. Of you know that first year, and I know it's tough unless you have the money or backing like the Toyota did when they came in, or something to that effect, to come out the gate strong in that first year. So. I hope that I hope them all the best. Again, we'll have to wait and see that business model. And I, as you refreshed my memory there, cause I couldn't find the, uh, the, the tweet back that I had gone off of, of that 50% in the first year and, and trying to go at that direction. Um, be interesting. And I know he's been involved in other ones and we've seen the, the, I want to say minimal or partial success of those teams, uh, but also then didn't grow. And that also, again, it always, to me, circles back to this whole, you have several mega teams, the alliances with these teams, the alliance seems to fade out or disappear or go bankrupt. I mean, that it just isn't working. So mm-hmm. there's, a, there's again, I think a key thing that NASCAR needs to look at, and I say NASCAR, the, the teams need to look at, because I know NASCAR doesn't necessarily control that, So, but that these teams need to look at that of... of what they're providing and what they're charging for it and, and what it's really doing for the sport.
0: Mm-hmm. I would agree. Uh, another point here that I'm reading uh, about this uh, topic is that Mark's vision is to build a team that is going to be able to serve America's minorities and underrepresented youth popul- population uh, with a mobile exp- experiential STEM program that will travel to different public schools and other community groups in markets around the country. So uh, it sounds like he's, he's got some uh, good motives here as well uh, to, to bring into uh, NASCAR and to bring awareness to this uh, STEM program. So interesting stuff here. Uh, again, uh, more questions than answers. I can't wait to see how it turns out. Andy, anything more you have to say?
1: Yeah, this is the part that I find to be pretty cool, and I think something that uh, we we could certainly see more of in NASCAR, and that's, um, you know, trying to help, you know, people get to the sport. And I think that uh, that's a really cool goal for Justin Marks to have and, and certainly hope that he can follow through on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Jay
3: hold the uh, hold the answer to that one, as it does with several other things we talk about here on the uh, hot topics. Uh, but I, I do like the idea, and that that STEM program is where I said that was where I got a little lost with with what that referred to. Um, but the layout of it, again, on paper sounds really good. I hopefully they can put it into effect the the way they see that vision. So, uh, hope the best for them.
0: Okay. Uh Andy did, you don't have Did you say you don't have any other topics?
1: No, I think I'm good. Uh I think I'm pretty well caught up. We haven't had any uh major late breaking news here <laughs> in the last few days, so I, I think I'm
3: pretty well caught up.
0: Okay. Uh I know I am as well. Uh Jay, how about you? All
3: right. Well, I got one more here that's been on my list for a little while. We saw just uh, not Justin, that's the one I just did. Kaz Grala uh, get to start in place of Austin Dillon for the Daytona Road Course, and we've seen him make some starts in the top series uh, as Xfinity as well, generally under a road course. However, again, that top 10 finish form in that number three car kind of brought his name back to the top of a driver that maybe. Uh, Got overlooked and and needs to get a ride But that brings back the question Of where does he get a ride
0: (laughs) Yeah Andy any thoughts Well let me go ahead and do The spiel because uh, We're going to go off the air here At 10.30pm Eastern time Uh, But that does not mean uh, That we won't continue our conversation And that conversation will be Recorded as part of our bonus overtime material on our podcast. If you've listened to the live broadcast up to this point, uh, what you do is as soon as I post the link to say that the podcast is available, you can fast forward to the two-hour mark to hear the rest of the conversation on that podcast. Um, And, again, we just consider that bonus overtime material. If you're listening uh, to the podcast, it'll be pretty seamless. You'll be able to listen straight through. Uh, But we do like to just kind of let folks know that this happens at 1030 sharp uh, in case we get cut off mid-sentence. If you're a new listener, we wanted you to be aware of what was going on and how you can hear the rest of that conversation. So with that, uh, Andy, go ahead. Or was it Jay?
1: Yes. Kaz Grala, um Obviously oh, he's Kaz, been yeah. uh, He's been pretty competitive I think and, and just I think he's run Only a couple of Xfinity races this year And and certainly that cup race At the Daytona Road Course has been Pretty competitive so um, You know he's someone that I would certainly Love to see get back Into a full time ride he, he ran I think previous full time seasons For GMS racing with some Success in the truck series and uh, Has run some Xfinity races too um, you know, I think, honestly, the best place for him right now is that limited schedule at RCR because he's in a competitive car. And, you know, we can only hope that with some strong runs, hopefully he can get back to, to maybe a full-time deal. So good to see him run, you know, even just the limited uh, capacity that he's been doing. And, you know, certainly um, I think for me personally, you know, finishing seventh in his cup debut uh, was pretty impressive. And, you know, I'm sure that turned some heads.
0: I was just going to say the same thing. I think he is turning heads um, it, with his finish in the Cup Series, and uh, you know I followed Cas Gralas since his can Pro Series days, and I know he's a really, really talented driver. Uh, and you're right. I think he's been overlooked as uh, a driver to move up in to NASCAR, uh, and and that would be in all three series. I would have liked to have seen him. Uh, race more in the, in the trucks, race more in the Xfinity Series, and uh, be able to move up to the Cup. Uh, so if he doesn't get an opportunity in the Cup Series, I certainly hope he gets an opportunity uh, somewhere in NASCAR's top three because uh, he's a talented guy, and uh, I think we'll see good things from him uh, just based off of that seventh-place finish he had in his Cup debut. So that doesn't happen every day, and uh, uh, he certainly deserves another opportunity. And I think heads are turning. So, uh, Jay, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, again, we've seen this with several other drivers of that part-time schedule and, and making the most of op- the, the, that opportunity, and I think he has certainly done that um, with what he's had. The cup one with Austin Dillon being taken out due to the covid was kind of a bonus to that, and again, I know it was on a road course, but it was a brand new road course with the Daytona Super Show or Daytona Road Course. Uh, but to come out of there with the top ten, you know, had to at least draw in some attention. And I know he had one other deal that was supposed to happen, kind of like Ross Jastain, and it kind of fell apart at the very end. Um, but to see him keep popping up, and and hopefully this does. And I know in the Xfinity series, anyway especially if we see a couple of them move up again into the cup series next year, that he at least gets that opportunity there in the Xfinity
0: series. Yes, indeed. Andy.
1: I'm um, pretty good. I think I got no follow up at this time.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat there. I think we're good to go for uh, the next topic. I don't have any more. Jay, I guess you're the only one who might have more topics there.
3: <laughs> no, that was actually those were the couple last couple ones I had as far as uh even carryovers. So, I think we're good okay. for tonight. We'll see if maybe maybe some more of these dominoes fall throughout the week.
0: Not a lot of follow-up here, so uh, our bonus overtime material will be rather slim. Uh but let's go ahead and uh do our round table here of uh what we're doing over uh, what we're doing. <laughs> so Jay, let's start with you.
3: All right, you follow me on Facebook, Michael Hoosman, uh, Mopar MJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, this week, I don't have a whole lot uh, going on throughout the week, but for the weekend, be back at Jackson Motor Speedway, your capital city Raceway, going to start off a stretch of four races focusing on the factory stock. And then once again, this year, come September, I'm going to be working a county fair in Tennessee for the jump and run and some go-karts during the week. So I'll have a little bit more going on during the week that week.
0: Oh, sounds interesting. Okay. Andy.
1: Yeah, for me, uh, Alasky14 on, on Twitter. And uh, just want to say thanks for for having me do the the whole show tonight. It's uh, been a little bit since I've done that. Certainly appreciated it and had a lot of fun. So Uh, Certainly looking forward uh, To talking about Daytona On uh, Thursday's show
0: Okay well thank you Andy For stepping in for Sal Uh, He's had some uh, really Major work things going on And uh, so I Appreciate uh, both you and Jay Being able to uh, step in When that happens Uh, I had a lot of fun as well uh, Andy even though I called you Jay Half the night Um, I knew it was you (laughs) Okay. So, See now,
3: I, I was I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna bring that up because yeah, last time when I filled in for Sal, I was Sal for the night, so it's going around.
0: <laughs> I, I obviously have a hard time making that adjustment, so uh, it comes with age, I guess. Uh, anyway, well, I. Almost... I Go ahead.
1: I almost welcomed, uh, well, when Hot Topic started, I almost welcomed Andy to the show just to be funny, so.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, that would have been funny. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, I, I'll try to get it straight here. I'll have to plaster it on my computer next time so that I know who I'm talking to. Um Now, just a program note, uh, Zane Smith was supposed to be on our show tonight. Unfortunately, he contacted me just before the show started uh, to let me know that uh, he was not going to be able to make it, but he did ask if he could be rescheduled. Uh, And you'll be happy to know, Jay, he is rescheduled to Thursday night at 9 o'clock, so he can help us preview that Truck Series race that's coming up at Gateway this weekend. So uh, look for Zane Smith to be on this Thursday night instead, uh, so definitely looking forward to that. Also, um, I am Fan4Racing's site on Twitter. We are fan racing blog and radio everywhere else, including our website, Fan4Racing.com. Uh, we do have a chat room there, uh, and uh, Andy and I had a good time in the chat room throughout the weekend. I think Jay... Popped in uh a little bit for the first couple of races and uh it, we we talked throughout the race about uh who are who we're watching and who we're listening to on the scanner and so forth so if you get a chance and can drop by there over the race weekend uh we'd welcome anybody to uh to join us uh feel free to just uh create a username and anything of your choice and and join the conversation with us uh uh, we'd really enjoy that a lot. So a uh, big thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in, whether you're listening to the live broadcast or the podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you uh, for tuning in to hear what it, what it is that we have to say. It's always a lot of fun here on fan for racing Radio, and as usual I want to thank the fan for racing crew, Jay and Andy, uh, and especially Andy today for stepping in for Sal. Uh, I really do appreciate you guys for all that you do. Um, and, Jay, we'll have to give an update on the uh, Fan for Racing fantasy group on our Thursday night show. All
3: right. Well, I certainly do normally uh, when we do our uh, picks uh, that have come in, it generally get them all in by Thursday night show, um, and we'll do the points update. Ours is just as tight as the we talked about the Cup series, so. Uh, one last thing, there. I'll let you know, Sharon. I said I didn't even take offense to being called Sal, and I don't. Hopefully, Andy didn't take offense to me calling uh, Jay. But that just tells <laughs> you what a great group we have here. And I'd even accept being called Mike. So I know he wasn't with us oh. tonight. I so got to get one one dig in at him, before we go off here. <laughs> no, no offense taken. Oh,
0: yes, and I appreciate you guys for being uh, so understanding uh and uh and not taking offense to me not calling you by the right name uh it's just uh it's just something I've always had a trouble with anyway my ask my kids about that uh I go through the whole list with them too uh and now I've got grandkids to add to that list, so i never never quite get it right uh but anyway, thanks uh everybody for tuning in. And uh, we'll talk to everybody again Thursday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, for our preview of uh, WWT Gateway, as well as Daytona, the last race of the regular season uh, for the NASCAR Cup Series. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.